Blog Talk Radio. Monday, October 10th, 2011. Thanks for joining us here at Blaze and Rye. Got a great show tonight featuring Heather Robb of the Spring Standards. But first, we're going to do something we always do on the show. Uh, I'm pleased to welcome for the Blaze and Rye panel tonight. Uh, one of my panelists has a show coming up called Ben Cameron Does Still Putnam, uh, where Broadway star Ben D. Cameron will host and perform a night of songs by a songstress slash composer, Bill Putnam. Uh, ben, thank you for joining me tonight. It is my pleasure to be here. I like that you refer to oh. Bill Putnam as a songstress. <laughs> and also, um, the Occupy Wall Street movement is uh, taking New York by storm. Tonight we have two investment bankers uh, who launched the site, OccupyOccupyWallStreet.com. Jason, DeBrom, thank you guys very much for joining me. Dot org. It's dot org. It's right. an organization, but uh, it's, it's mm. great to be here nonetheless. Oh, my Back apologies. Oh. That's okay. Well, well, let's get right down to it. Um, okay, so this Occupy Wall Street movement, the middle class taking on Wall Street, taking on the banks, corporations on Wall Street, uh, it's still going. Ben Cameron, what do you make of this? I, I think it's terrific. It's like 1969 all over again, and who doesn't like a block party? And Devram, Jason, what about you guys? It's a bad idea. It's a horrible idea. This is uh, how, how it's so? not a block okay, party. Uh, have, have you been down there, Ben? Just out of curiosity, have you been down there? Absolutely not. No. Okay, there you go. Case in yeah. point. How would you yeah. How would you like a bunch of smelly hippies hanging out uh, right outside your work, kind of getting in your way as you try and try and get to work every day? It'd be a pretty uh, terrible block party, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, that sounds like a good block party. I, I, I have something it's called a work party, and I, I go there from <laughs> 9 to about 7 p.m. every uh-huh. every night. And what is your what is your work party involved? Uh, well, we're investment bankers. We don't want to go into any specifics, but we are. Well, that's what I've always wondered. I, does anyone know what you guys do? Or it's, yeah, just too, we, com- it's too complicated for, for I don't us, think, for us you know, and I don't know that you guys would understand it. We would love to explain it to you guys. So, someone knows what we do, and that's us. Yeah. But right. But, do, but do we do we need you? We need you. Oh, no, you, you need us. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. You know what? Okay. This Occupy Occupy Wall Street movement <laughs> that you guys have launched. Have you found that it's growing? Uh, are you gaining more supporters? Absolutely. Yeah. Every day we get more and more emails. We're going to continue to fight the fight, and people are going to continue to fight the fight with us. 
and we think you know this this thing is is you know it's it's a fashionable thing right now, uh, and and you actually saw Kanye West went down there today uh, in support of us in support in support of the one percent. He's 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 a uh, member, and he came down to support Occupy Occupy uh, Wall Street. So I wasn't aware that Kanye was an investment banker. I don't know well, that you he, ever really he, want Kanye on your side, do you, in a public forum? He, he's, he's in the 1%. Yeah. He's in the 1%, and anybody who's in the 1% is welcome to join the fight. Yeah, you can be an investment banker. You can be, um, <laughs> I guess, Kanye West. You can be a different type of investment banker. You know, there's possibilities. And, and, if you're, and, and this goes out to anybody who's down there at those protests. If you're uh, in the 1% and you're at those protests at any point in time, you're welcome to uh, talk with us and maybe just, uh, you know, switch to the right side. Oh, dear. <laughs> Wait a second, guys. So Kanye West, as I understand it, he showed up with Russell Simmons today, who's always advocated for the middle class and people living in poverty. Now, is, am I to assume, based on your description of it, that he's switched sides? He, he was Kanye never on the other side. He, he's in the 1%. And uh, and uh, I don't know, maybe you guys got it wrong. I call him Yay, and Yay and I are good friends. Uh, we we go out for dinner or uh, a lunch, sometimes a, a Friday lunch, and uh, and he he's always complaining about about dirty hippies. And that's people, really all. People trying to take and divide up his money uh, for their own. And, and, and mm. like, what? this is this is a message from Kanye West and from us. You know, you guys, you guys can protest all you want. You can, you can beat your drums. At the end of the day, the money's gonna stay with us, and maybe you guys should just kind of get used to that. Yeah. yeah. Save your breath. Oh, I'm okay. sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna pick up the delivery. All right. All right. Working late in the okay. office tonight. Oh. Fair enough. Uh, wow. And what, what is, what is your argument, um, Devram, to the people who? are arguing that, that Wall Street has been corrupt for, for many, many years, and maybe it is time for a change. What do you say to them? Well, this is Jason right here, not Devram. Uh, Devram mm. went to get our food. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> okay, Define Jason. corruption. De- define corruption, because, because <laughs> yes, we, like, we're the first to admit, like, we had a bad day in 2008. We had we had one bad day, and now everyone mm. is like, all of a sudden, like wants all this reform and all this stuff, and the, it's like, guys, calm down. We got it hand. We got this under control. We're handling this, and you guys can just go about your life. You know, go back to Brooklyn or like take the subway someplace else. You know, do whatever you guys do, and uh, and and maybe just leave us alone. You know, we we didn't do anything to you guys. Take the subway. What's your method of transportation, Jason? <laughs> Not the subway. Not the subject. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Ben Cameron, after hearing all this, how does it make you feel? It makes me feel a certain way. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on to the next topic. Um, Wait, I, did there... we get a plug for our website, a correct plug for our website? Because you said .com. Sure. I, I, would, I would like to just listen to you say the correct website once. Go check out the website that Jason and DeBrom, the investment bankers, launched, it's OccupyOccupyWallStreet.org because it's an organization. It's OccupyOccupyWallStreet.org. You know, there is something very catchy about, I've seen your videos, I've seen your chants, there's something very catchy about chanting that Occupy, Occupy Wall Street. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was actually, I, I don't want to take all the credit. No, DeBrom can't take it either. It was actually... Uh, Yay, Kanye. Kanye West, as you guys know. 
uh, was the person the person that came up with that because we were thinking of, of different chants, and he was like, why don't you just say Occupy, Occupy Wall Street? And there's like a little rhyme there. I guess Occupy rhymes with Occupy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that, was, that was all Kanye. I, I'm not going to take any credit for that. So, yay, if you're listening, okay. what's up, dude? See you tomorrow. Um, but I, I'm not taking credit. <laughs> All right, next topic on our panel tonight. Uh, In Manchester, New Hampshire, a moose uh, was found in a swimming pool. It took nine men to get the moose out of it. It remains to be seen. How did the moose get in it in the first place? Ben Cameron, what do you make of this? I I blame it all on Indian summer. We weren't expecting it to be warm. And what's a moose to do once he's already already out and about? And it's, it's warm like that. Head to the nearest pool. Do they have pools in New Hampshire? (laughs) <laughs> that's that's um, a good question for me. Do they have pools in New Hampshire? I Who guess has they a have pool a in New Hampshire. Okay, I don't know. It's cold there. What about you, Jason? What do you think? Wait, what's going on? There was a moose in a pool. New Hampshire. There was a moose in a pool in New, ha- in New Hampshire. Because as long it's as nine it's not my pool, I really don't care about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, moving on. Uh, mm. All right. Um, our last topic tonight. Foster the People was the musical guest on Saturday Night Live over the weekend. Uh, hmm. Everything was going normally until all of a sudden the ghost of Kenny G came out and played a sax solo. Uh, investment banker Jason, what do you make of that? So what happened, uh, we didn't look at any of the links that were sent to us, so we, we didn't, uh, I had a hard time hearing that. <laughs> and is this due to your selfish nature as investment bankers? That's so rude. Have you heard of trickle down? Yeah, yeah. Come on, it'll get to you eventually. Hmm. It'll get to you. Get over yourself. But so, so what happened? Kenny G came out on the that uh, the Saturday Night Live program. I've been to that uh, a couple of times. Uh, Yes, he came out towards the end of the song. I'm a huge fan of his music. Are you? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Ben Cameron, did you witness this? I, I watched. I did watch the clip of this, and um, I thought that first of all, whatever they're called, is a great band. I was enjoying the song so much, but then I was reading alongside the link, and it said something about the way it scanned was something like, "Kenny G comes out on Saturday Night Live," and so all of a sudden I was reading this, and I was like, "I can't believe it. This is really newsworthy. Kenny G came out of the closet on Saturday Night Live," but that's oh, not what happened. Dear. I'm no longer well, a fan of Kenny G. I don't know. I, I I'm not a fan. <laughs> Wait, is that true? Is Kenny G? No, no. no. All, con- all jokes aside, okay, is Kenny, Kenny G gay? gay? Is that true? Ah, okay. Ooh, I don't know. This Hold is on. a tough one. Uh, this is how we're going to get Just a reminder, we have Heather Robb from the Spring Standards coming up in just one minute. She's terrific. Uh, Cameron. Heather Robb is listening what? to this right now? He's not gay, is he? Tell Heather to call me, or Heather, if you're listening, Heather, let's talk. I'm, uh, I would like to talk to you. She's terrific. She was just she with her fucking hipsters were just at the, the old Broadway sessions a couple weeks back. Oh, were they really? Yeah, she, you bet. Yeah. Oh my gay. god. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, she's, she's lovely. Okay. Here Kenny we go. Gay? Ben Cameron, the Kenny G thing. How, how did it make me feel? It uh, made me feel a certain way. Certain way. No, certain way. Certain way. 
Kenny G coming out with Foster the People on SNL made me feel a certain way. Kenny G must now appear as a surprise in every single SNL musical performance from now on. <laughs> it was as, at once disturbing, shocking, and glorious. He literally just appeared out of thin air. There was no walking involved. Nothing was normal about this. Him doing a solo on a Foster the People song is incomprehensible to humans. With the John Turturro Mr. Deeds-like appearance, the solo adding a flair, the song before lack, and that hair being the same flowing locks it was in 1993, the moment was pure magic. We need more magic like that, and Kenny G is the only one who is going to bring it to us. Devram, Jason, Ben, thank you guys so much. Wow, thank you. Really our pleasure. This was very confusing. Oh, this was I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> I, I can't wait. Bye. Bye. Kisses. Bye. All right. No, and no now my next guest is part of the popular New York City-based band, The Spring Standards, currently on tour, and they have a show coming up at Rockwood Music Hall Stage Two. Uh, please welcome from The Spring. Your show is really popular. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Ryan? Ryan, can you hear me? Hello? No. Oh. Oh my gosh, Heather. I hear you now. Hey. Yes. Hey, there Hi. you are. I'm sorry. Oh my God. I'm, I'm driving, How are you? actually. I'm totally breaking so many laws. And I really hope that no cops in Connecticut are listening to your radio station right now because well, they will pull me over. It's a, sorry for that, that technical glitch just there. I somehow muted myself. Um, now, which part of Connecticut are you driving through? I am driving uh, – you know what? Actually, I'm glad you're bringing this up, Ryan, because when I was describing this show to my friend Noah, who's our tour manager, I was like, oh, it's my friend Ryan. He's from Connecticut, actually, like you. Wait a minute. He's from New Haven, just like you. And then he said, where in New Haven? And then I didn't know. But my tour manager, Noah, grew up in New Haven, much like yourself. What's Noah's last name? Noah Goldman. Oh, I don't I don't think I know him. There was only one Noah I knew. Anyway, he's like 14 uh, years old. He's 14 <laughs> no. now? Yeah, he's, and he's 14 now. he's managing your tour? Yeah, he's managing <laughs> our tour. He's doing a really good job. Awesome. Yeah, but he's going uh, well, through Heather, puberty, so it's a little awkward. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's it's such a pleasure to talk to you. This is such uh, I feel like we haven't spoken in such a long time. I'm very happy to talk to you again. Um, you are one of my favorite people, one of the most talented people I know, and uh, you have this uh, show coming up at Rockwood Music Hall, uh, The Luck of the Draw, honoring the, the album by Bonnie Raitt. Um, have you always been a Bonnie Raitt fan? Heather. Mm. Hi, I'm back. I muted the phone hey, with hey. my cheeks. Sometimes that happens when I smile. And uh, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, you always been was, a. Yeah, I just I can't help it. It's the iPhone. It's it's blood. Anyway, so I love this album. I have always been a Bonnie Raitt fan. I vividly remember driving to school with my mom and listening to this record and just literally crying as like a third grader with the sheer emotion and vulnerability in this woman's voice and performance. And I have always loved it and found that 
many people, a surprising number of people in my music community had similar experiences when they were young, when this record came out. Um, and uh, so we all were just like, well, shoot, we should play this album and just like, and just like do it like as close to the recording as we possibly can and uh, pay tribute to this amazing woman and this amazing record. So yes, I've always been a fan and I'm so honored to be singing these songs that she, some of which she wrote, some of which she just lended her unbelievable vocal and guitar styling to. Sure. And the show is this Wednesday night, correct? It is. Yes, it's this Wednesday night at 11 o'clock, and it's free, and it's going to be so fun. Awesome. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. What are you planning for the show? Are there any spoilers that you can share here? Well, I'm going to be doing it. Uh, I'm going to be doing the show Top Snow Bottom, which, if you're not familiar with, with the term, it means that I will have clothing on on the top and then no clothing on on the bottom. Um, you know, I guess it's self-explanatory, but I, you know, I'll lay it out. I'll lay it out there for your listeners. Um, so that, you know, that's a spoiler, uh, I guess, and you know, maybe incentive or maybe a deterrent, depending on who you are. Um, uh, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be um, marching the entire crowd down to Occupy Wall Street as we sing these songs. Um, so that'll be cool because we'll all just kind of be like, as we're playing, like, you know, also marching downtown. So that'll be, that'll be pretty powerful. Um, we're told that this Rock would be the call. stressful college. now. This no, I mean, it, like it is. It is. Yeah. Well, the best is yet to come because Rockwood is hosting a popcorn festival this week. And that night they're going to just be filled to the brim with uh caramel popcorn. So everyone's going to be asked to eat, you know, uh, at least a few handfuls of, of caramel popcorn. So that's what's going to be going on uh, during the show. So it's going to be, there's a lot happening, you know, but I think it's going to make for just a really memorable evening in New York City. And you guys have a bunch of guests with you that night? Um, we do, yeah. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be the spring, you know, it's the spring standards and friends. So we have uh, some amazing musicians playing with us. The, the other vocalist is named Sydney Price. And she's just an unbelievable singer. Um, she plays in a band called Northwood. And uh, she's really, really talented. And we have a guy on bass named David Lizmi, who plays in a great band called Via Audio. Um, and then we have Yuval Simo on keys. He plays in Mountain Goats and the Prigs. And he's just an all-around just awesome dude. We have Chris Conley on lead guitar. He's in, like, a million crazy jazz bands, Ainsley Powell on drums, who's in similarly just a million crazy bands, uh, just a bunch of really, really talented people that are coming together, wow. you know, over. And, and you know, I'm going to disclaimer real quick that there's no, I will, I would never, and I heard you guys talking about Kenny G earlier and about how he just <laughs> appeared on SNL. And I also was astounded to see that because for the longest time I felt like, do I have to keep it a secret that I, had like Kenny G's like tapes and listened to them a lot when I was little. Does that need to be a secret? <laughs> like it was this thing that I was like sort of ashamed of, as well as all these other music, like all, all these all these other musicians that I thought I wasn't supposed to like, like Colin Oates or Mariah Carey, like when I was little. And now all of a sudden, all of these, all of like I'm realizing that a lot of people that are like that are like young and hip by some standards actually shared a lot of the tastes that I was most ashamed of as a youth. So I'm going to go 
ahead and say that this album, this Bonnie Raitt album, is really cheesy, and it's very dated, <laughs> and it's, like, totally not cool, but it's so amazing at the same time. <laughs> so I would hope that anyone that comes would, would come with a grain of salt and know that they're, like, they're not hearing, like, the freshest sounds off the blogosphere. They're hearing, like, some serious throwback to like late 80, early 90s jams, and it's just gonna it's gonna bring them back, and I I hope that they'll come with that expectation and just leave so satisfied. Ain't nothing wrong with the early 90s, and I think that as you said about Bonnie Raitt's album, that a lot of people uh, listen to that. There's not one person who didn't have a Kenny G Christmas album or that album that had that song Breathless on it. We all had that. We all denied yeah. it for many years, but now I think <laughs> it's okay. It is. It. Yes. I know. We're all out. Now we've all been outed as Kenny G fans. <laughs> outed just like Kenny G. Apparently the investment yeah. bankers didn't like that. Yeah, they didn't like that. Yeah, mm. they didn't like that. No. Oh, well. <laughs> what can you do? Well, between the popcorn, the bottomless outfit, and the, the, early, the dated music and walking to Wall Street, it really sounds like quite an involved night. Yeah, it's going to be very involved. I would recommend, um, you know, good shoes and uh, mm-hmm. probably probably don't eat any dinner. Um, if if either okay. because you'll fill up on popcorn or because you're going to see me bottomless, you know, whichever goes to road. It is, yeah. I mean, people, people should, should definitely come prepared for a, for a, a night to remember. Wait, but I have to ask you, Ryan. I was I was I was listening on the line before I like came on and. It sounded like your previous guest saw me in a random promo for the musical that I was just in. What's go- who was that? Yeah, uh, uh, the the host of Broadway Sessions, Ben Cameron. You know him? Oh my gosh, yes, I do. That's crazy. Oh. Yeah, I I met. Okay, yes, I of course. Oh, know that's him. your musical. That's no, that's it's your not- musical. That- no, no, I was in a I was no, I I was in a nymph show, the New York Musical Theater Festival. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and it it's a new work by uh it's uh, the playwright's name is Keith Farley, um and he wrote like Bat Boy, which you know was a big like off Broadway hit, you know, however many years ago. Um mm-hmm. and uh along with uh you know some really really talented lyricists and musicians and all these great people came together and made this really cool project called Talking Hipsters. And uh, I was cast, and uh, and and it was about Brooklyn bands. So I like sort of was like the person that they would be like, "Is this what happens when you're in a Brooklyn band?" And I'd be like, "No," <laughs> or "Yeah, totally." Um, <laughs> so I was like the resident uh, expert, I guess you could say. Um, but uh, yeah, right. that's crazy. We, so we went on his show to promote our show, and it was really really fun. And he's a great host. Yeah, he's the best, and that's that's uh, awesome. I. I'm so upset I missed it. I rarely miss the Broadway sessions, but I was I had a um, conflict that night, so I hate oh, everyone. Um, you, now, uh, will this you. this uh, this Bonnie Ray tribute show? Will this give the people something to talk about? Oh my God, you really couldn't have asked a better question. Because listen, <laughs> people are talking, talking about people. I, I hear their whispers. You won't believe it. They think that we're lovers. Kept undercover. I'll just ignore it. But they keep saying we laugh just a little too loud, you know, and 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 we stand just a little too close. We we stare just a little too long. Maybe they're seeing something we don't. 
let's so let's give them something to talk about. That's my philosophy anyway. That's the way that I think about it, and you know, to each his own. But I think that I think that yeah. people are going to get lots lots to talk about. Um, they're, that they're philosophy realize... is very involved. It's not like the the one you just mentioned to each his own. That's very simple. You can follow it easily. The one that, I have no yeah. idea what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think we have a fan question for you now, Heather. Uh-oh. Let's uh, go to the phone line. Two oh one. You're on with Heather up. Hello, Heather. Hi. Hello. And Ryan. Hello. Oh, Who is, is this? this Jeff Sonko? It is Jeff Sonko oh, calling from San Francisco. Oh my I God. You, it sounds like from here, it just sounds like we're on the phone together. Like I'm holding my phone. Like, hey guys, what's up? I feel that way too. And, it's and just kind of like an open call. It's just kind of an open call to to the world. Jeff, we need to do this more often. We need to call in Ryan's Ryan's radio show more often, just so we can pretend like we're having a phone conversation. I love that. But <laughs> you I can't have a real one while you're driving. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I am putting everyone at risk right now, including my band. Um, yeah. Jeffrey, well, Jeffrey, Jeff, what can I answer? What can I? What What do you want to know about me? All right, my question is that you're such a style icon, and here oh, in San Francisco, <laughs> we take fashion really seriously. So I was hoping that you could sort of tell us the trends that are happening in New York now for all of us here on the West Coast. Wow, that is an amazing question, Jeff. Thank you very much. Um, you're for, welcome. For the, for the flattery. Um, well, you know, this season in New York is really all about, well, it's, I mean, you heard me mention before, top, no bottom. That's really big in New York right now. You're just seeing that at all the clubs. You're seeing it on the Lower East Side and in the Village, as they say. Um, but more than that, um, I've noticed a disturbing abundance. And this is actually a, a, a fashion statement that I don't understand. And this is actually true of these, like, little, like, fedora hats that are very strange. Um that's a trend that I've noticed. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't endorse the trend. Well, Jeff, as you know, as as an icon such as myself, as an icon, as an icon, nothing that I'm wearing is really an accurate representation of what's in now. It's it's an accurate, you know. I'm sort of the the the, the um, you could call me like the weather vane of fashion. Like people are going to be doing like I spin, and that's the way the wind is blowing. So. The stuff that I'm wearing right now is what people are going to be wearing six months down the line, you know, a year down the line. Currently, um, currently I'm wearing moccasins that need to be resold, um, and a, a, a green mini a green mini skirt with my bandmates' button-down blue shirt uh, because my Betty Boop sweatshirt was too hot. So Fabulous. You know, currently that's what you know. You'll, you're going to be seeing a lot of that in the coming months. Um, uh, another favorite, another favorite piece of mine. Actually, I'll, I'll be honest for a second. I got two like amazing gems this year at when I was in Texas for South by Southwest because they have like great thrift stores. Like when you're not in New York and you go to a thrift store, you're actually in a thrift store, and then it's the best because nothing costs more than five dollars, and everything is like way more amazing than anything else in New York thrift stores. Um. And uh, I got two great finds. One is a bedazzled black T-shirt with a with that just is glo- it's just I mean you can scarcely look at it because it's gold <laughs> and silver glistening jewels in the shape of a of a grand piano. 
And um, it's really beautiful. So I got that, which I love. And then I also have, like, sort of, remember in gym when you would wear, like, pennies? You would wear, like, Absolutely. you'd be like, yeah, you're on the red team, mesh. Oh, mesh, mesh, mesh. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the fabric. I got, I actually got two of the same style, different colors. One is bright blue. One is, like, multicolored, sort of rainbow, but more just sort of, like, you spilled your paints and it went everywhere. Are uh, they actual mesh, pennies? Uh, they might be. I don't know. I don't actually. That's a good. That's a good question. Uh, Sorry, they that was very my well might question. be. They might be like pit stained from like somebody's gym class castaway. Uh-huh. But I Gross. really have been rocking them as though they were, you know, straight off the shelves of of uh, Bloomingdale's. Um, <laughs> so those are some looks that I've been enjoying this year. Uh, but Thank you know, you the know, fall is. The fall is an exciting time to see new fashion. So I would say just everyone should be keeping their eyes out and know that, you know, six months down the line, then you'll be seeing the stuff that I'm wearing. Well, <laughs> thank you, Jeff, for, for letting everyone know that Heather is the one to watch when it comes to style icons. Thanks, Jeff, guys. I Ryan, you. I love you. Ryan, I love you. Love Goodbye, you back. Jeff. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, now, Heather, wow. Yeah? Heather, what is the standard for spring? You know, it's a great question, Ryan. You're you're full you're full of really great questions, um, and I'm going to answer this yeah. one in earnest <laughs> because I've been doing a lot of joking around. We all love a good laugh, but um, mm-hmm. no, I, I I think that the the standards of spring are uh, are uh, you know sort of rejuvenation and and hope. And um, and uh, a lot of like sunny, bright days with like nice kind of wind gusts every so often, and there's like this sense of like the world just kind of like opening its eyes and stretching its arms again after like a long winter. And uh, that's what I think the standards of spring are. Wow! And you guys used to be Old Springs Pike, and then you we changed, did. and now you're the Spring Standards. Is that was that sort of the idea behind it that it's a it's a new beginning and all that that you just said? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that you that you're you're absolutely right. And actually the word spring the like reason that it, you know, has stayed with us is because, you know, the the street where we all used to hang out, like, because we all grew up together in the Delaware Pennsylvania border. And uh the street where my bandmate lived was Cold Spring Drive. So like when we were first coming up, you know, bandmate, that was sort of the word that we were like, you know, there's something cool about that. There's something that it just evokes, it evokes certain feelings, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Even if you think about it as like a spring, like in a bed, like something bouncy and like buoyant and, you know, no matter sort of what context it's in or which version, you know, of the word you, you are thinking of, it uh, it always has like sort of this positive, uh, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, spin. It has this, like Nice feeling. Yeah, that's what I'm, that is exactly what I'm <laughs> Well, I have not okay. heard that in a long time. <laughs> Duck butter time. Of yeah. course, Heather, I think I think we have uh, another fan on the line for you. Oh, my gosh. This is that's, incredibly uh, flattering. Uh, 203, you're on with Heather Rupp. Hi. Uh, uh, my name is James. I just wanted to say, Ryan, I'm a big fan of the show. Oh, my God. Um, my last name is Smith. Uh, I have a question for Heather, um, if that's yeah. okay. 
Um, uh, I'm, and Heather, first of all, just in case you were unaware, this is actually the James Smith that's in your band. Oh, yeah, what yeah. Are you in the back of the pit? What, what in God's name do you think you're doing driving right now? What, we, we're back here. Here we are, hanging out, having a great, safe time. I'm trying to make a call to my friend Ryan, who I am a big fan of, and you are driving with one hand on the wheel. What's going on with you? <laughs> wow, I've really been outed. Um, listen, James, um, in the back seat, I'm, I'm, I'm touching his knee right now. I'm really, really sorry, man. But listen, when, when the opportunity comes to appear on – Blazing my radio. I can't. I mean, the the law. Nothing's gonna hold me down. Okay. Even the threat of mortal. You know, the, even even mortality is no match. So listen, bro. Like, I'm really sorry and everything, but okay. I think you're that's just. Okay. I I think you're just jealous because I'm. Being no, no, that's okay. Well, that's okay. Well, I'm also just a huge I'm a huge fan, so I just wanted to call in and actually I have a question for you. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Who's your favorite band member in your band? <laughs> Um, I would have to say myself. That's what's so like you. <laughs> so you're, see, you're seeing the truth, everyone. You're, you're, you heard it here first. <laughs> She's dangerous. Anyway, She's very self-involved. This is, yeah, I'm learning a whole new side to you, Heather. It was very see? meta. It was very see, meta. You got, see, next time, Ryan, you gotta, you got to have me on the show, because I will just tell, I'll tell you how it is, man. <laughs> yeah, let's have a show. The next show with you, and then the next show with the other James. Each of yeah, you individually will get the whole story. We'll okay, we, can yeah. leave, we can leave this. We can leave the third. Yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, he's weird looking. <laughs> well, James, uh, I am a big fan of yours as well. Thank you so much for uh, for the call. Woo-hoo! You guys are great. Keep going with this great interview. I'm loving it. Goodbye forever. Okay, bye everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Wow. Oh, boy. So that was, uh, that was a nice surprise. Okay. For, for, for people who don't know, that was your bandmate, James Smith, correct? Yes. Good ear. It was. Yes. Thank you. Well, there, I, and, I got and a little there, worried. No, it was a great cast. And for people who don't know why he clarified Smith, it's because there are two Jameses in my band, James Smith and James Clear. And that was, no, that was really accurate voice recognition, Brian. I'm impressed. Cool. Thank you. Um, what do you call each other then? Do you have nicknames for since you know two thirds of the band had the same name? Do you call them Smith and Clear? What do you call them? No, and this is actually you're, you're touching on something here that is a phenomenon in our band that um, we can't really we can't really describe why or how this works. But there's just something about knowing these guys as long as I have, where like when I say one of their names and I'm thinking of one of them, they just know. I just say James and they just know which one I'm talking to and like that's as much as I can describe what like I don't know how but it just it works <laughs> does not surprise me at all that I, I feel like you you are very capable of putting out an energy that yeah. would make people understand exactly who you're <laughs> talking to so I think that's what it is um, I guess and speaking of you've known these guys for so long how did the band form Heather Roth? Oh, my. Well, so then formed many moons ago. Uh, as I said, we, we all grew up together. Um, and uh, I met James Clear, uh, the one that is sleeping currently on the back of us. I met him um, when we were sophomores in high school, and we he transferred to my school. And 
I had been like the girl that like did the plays and was in the choir and stuff. And then he became the boy that like did the plays and was in the choir and stuff. And so we could have become mortal enemies, but instead we became true best friends. And before too long, he was like, He was like your your male counterpart in high school. He was. He was my male Mm -hmm. counterpart, yeah. I had that, Julia Miller. I I kind of, I was always very, she always did everything I could do, but she did it better than I did. So. Oh, Ryan. Hey, man, but I'm not on her radio (laughs) show right now, am I? (laughs) Am I? No, I'm not. continue. So, uh, so uh, yeah, so me and James became friends, and then before too long, he sort of, you know, was like, hey, I, I play music with this guy who lives across the field from me, and that was a true story. The two Jameses actually lived across the field from each other. They grew up in Kennett Square, formerly the mushroom capital of the world, although some other place overtook it, um, but it, they grow a lot of mushrooms. And it smells really bad there, a lot of people. smells like (laughs) So it took a lot of convincing for me to go hang out there with them because the smell was very strong. But when I ultimately did, it was very rewarding. And uh, we started playing then. We were 15. And um, we started writing music, and we were doing, you know, small-town gigs and laminating our set lists. And it was really adorable. And uh, we just played, you know, throughout the end of high school. We we were in two different bands. First it was the Urban Wombass, and then it was What Now? And um, and uh, and then, you know, it kind of all sort of got put on. I mean, it's, it, it, for for all intents and purposes, we thought it was really done after high school. We, you know, I, I as you know, I went to school at Syracuse for theater, um, and the two guys, you know, did their own thing and. And uh, when we all graduated college, we moved to the city, and uh, it just was like the most natural thing in the world uh, to start playing music again. Um, and like then you never left. Yeah, like we never left. It was like we, we picked up, you know, kind of right where we left off with a few more years and maturity under our belt and uh, some better taste in music, potentially, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, started started writing and performing again initially as Old Spring Psych and then as Spring Standards. Wow. That's awesome. That, that you've known each other for so long. And it's really crazy. Rock. It's really, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's very insane how I could never imagine going back in time and talking to my 15-year-old self and being like, hey, <laughs> you're going to make a career out of this. I mean, or or, or work towards that, certainly. Uh and, uh, you know, it's it's kind of shocking how those things just kind of uh, – but they become undeniable, you know. It becomes like like the universe is just shouting at you to do a thing, and so then sometimes you just have to listen to the universe. Yeah, and absolutely. Listen to the universe, yeah. And I can I tell you, I, I remember when this began because we were uh, talking um, – hmm, I, I think it was before we went to Scotland – on the phone, yeah. and I was like, "How are you doing?" And you said you went into this whole story about how you were you were playing your music with a couple of guys, and one of them had his shirt off. And I thought that was an odd detail to the story, but <laughs> but uh, that it went really well, and you were having a lot of fun. And I feel like that was the beginning of it. Wow! Yeah, I wish I remembered which one of them was topless. Um, <laughs> Not bottomless. Yeah. Not bottomless. Topless. See, it was different then. I mean, that's how yeah. fashion is. That's how it it moves. It's unpredictable. Um, Yes. Yeah. 
that that totally that totally was the beginning. You're you're absolutely right, and it, it it snuck up on all of us, and then sort of just became this fixture. So it's it's cool. It's exciting. Yeah, man. So what do you think about fellow Delawareans, uh, the Resignos? Oh my gosh, I cannot say enough about the Resignos. I have to share that we Bad were thing? in all states. No, are you joking me? Come now. I think the Resignos should be president should be tied for president of the of the United States of America. I really think that they should. I think that they are two of the best people on this planet, and maybe there's a home state bias. I certainly take a lot of pride in being a Delawarean. But um, I will mention that we, we did sing together in all-state choir. Um, we didn't know each other, obviously, at the time, but it all came we, – we came to realize that at some probably drunken – uh, a college party where we bonded over a, uh, bonded over the title of a song that we sang, and I forget how it came up. And I, at the moment, I'm, I'm driving and, and talking on the phone, and I just can't remember the title of the song. And I would implore, if either Resigno is is listening, I would implore them to call in and remind me, because all I'm thinking is Hakuna Matata, but I know that's wrong. <laughs> but it's something in like in like a different language, maybe an African language, <laughs> which sounds really general and sort of weird, but um, I love the Resignos, and I, I, I think that there, you, you'd be hard-pressed to find two better and truer and more talented people um, on the face of the earth. Better twins. That's quite better my twins. Better twins. Better twins. Better twins. <laughs> would, the, would the string standards and the Resignos ever collaborate on some tunes? Wow. Man, if they asked me, I mean, gosh, if they asked, they are, they are big supporters of us. Um, they have seen us many, many times. They have contributed to, you know, a couple. We've, 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 um, we've done some Kickstarter campaigns, and actually, we're in the midst of one right now. Um, and uh, they have been huge supporters of us that way as well. And you know, that just means so much to us because we're all poor, starving artists, and we know what that's like. So, uh, uh, if they ever were to come to us and say, "Hey, uh, we'd love for you to," do something in our cabaret or, you know, their, their, their show is so funny and they do such unique, great stuff. And I grew up like the kinds of TV shows that they were influenced by were like my favorites when I was little, uh, you know, Dick Van Dyke and all the shows on Nick at Night and everything. So if they ever were to come to us, I think we would, I think, you know, barring any like gigantic tour or something like that, we would drop just about anything to be a part of their show. It'd be amazing. Awesome. Um, now, you just mentioned that you're in the midst of a Kickstarter campaign. Now, this is for your follow-up EP to Yellow, correct? That's right. Gosh, you know, you know everything about me. Oh, it my is, God. Yeah. I've been <laughs> talking to you, I guess. So oh what, what, what can you tell me about this, this two-EP project here? Yeah, I would love to talk about it. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we hear most consistently as a band, and uh, and, you know, sometimes it's said – in the spirit of constructive criticism, sometimes it's said as praise, sometimes it's said as like straight up diss. Um, uh, but we, we hear it all the time is, you know, your music is all over the map. It's not just one genre. It's not just one style or, or sound. It's, it's, you know, everything. It really ranges. And um, we absolutely, you know, feel that way about ourselves as well. Our influences are all over the map. Um, and, uh, we don't really, you know, we're we're not we're we're sort of stay, working from the inside out as opposed to, you know, from the outside in uh, and thinking about genre first and 
material later and you know, we just kinda write whatever's in our in our heads and in our hearts and then wherever that takes us. But for this project we decided, okay, this is interesting. We're hearing this a lot. What would happen if we tried to work the other way around? We tried to say that uh, you know, we want one E P that sounds this way and really high, highlights this side of who we are in a in a general sense, really highlights this side and then we do a second one where we really try to highlight this other, you know, side of us. And in very sort of, you know, base and uh, literal terms, um, you know, those two sides are sort of, you know, one is uh, very folk influenced, a lot of vocal harmonies, acoustic instruments, you know, lush kind of simple music um, that really focuses on, you know, storytelling and voice and, and harmony and stuff like that. Um, and the other kind is uh, has a stronger rock edge, it's grittier, it's dirtier, it's uh, sort of more unhinged and un, you know uncaged, and it just sort of has this this uh, you know wildness, I guess, to it. Um, and so, you know, in very simple terms, we decided that okay, let's do this. We'll make one like this and one like this, and that's as most as much direction as we're going to give ourselves. And then we're just going to write from those two places. And so, what's come out is this really really interesting exercise for us, like you know, as a band, as individuals, you know, of you know, trying to write to a mood. And, um, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we decided to do two EPs because uh, we wanted them to coexist. We wanted, you know, we, we didn't want to do a, fo a full length and then a follow-up full length. We wanted these two things to be viewed in the, you know, to be seen as a pair, to be seen as, you know, contrasting sort of twins, so to speak. Sure. And uh, um, so that's why we decided EPs was the right way to go. We also didn't want to give ourselves too much time to think about it and get in our own way and put all, you know, it's so easy to put so much pressure on yourself and, and, uh, you know, get in your own way and become obstacular for your own creative process. So we were like, you know what, you know, screw it. We're doing this. We're not giving ourselves, we're not giving ourselves a firm deadline, but we're not giving ourselves eternity. We're not going to do, it's not going to be big budget. It's going to be fan funded, shoestring, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, it was amazing. We did our first Kickstarter in, um, in January, and it, you know, exceeded all expectation. We raised twice as much money as we asked for, practically, and um, it was just the response was amazing. You know, people love to be involved. It's, it's you know, it's it's easy as an artist to forget that, you know, people people admire and, and appreciate what you do, and when you give them, you know, when you ask them to help you, it's not a burden on them, you know, and, and some people might view it that way. Some people might you know, think the Kickstarter thing is, is bad. I, I personally think it's amazing. I think it allows artists to connect with their fans and say to them, hey, I can't do this without you. You're the reason I do it, and you're the source, you know, you're the source of yeah. so much of what makes this possible for this to be my life. And and to put it in real literal terms, and, you know, obviously money is always a complicated thing, and especially for artists, but to say, you know, we need you, and this is, this is, you know, the best way to help us keep giving you this thing that you've come to like and love and appreciate. You know, it's it's an amazing way to create a community. So we loved the Kickstarter experience the first time around and just, you know, it wasn't even a decision of are we going to do it again. It was, I mean, yeah, obviously we're doing this again for the second one. It's going to be the same kind of thing, you know, and we're we're doing a really special thing where we're hand-making every single, you know, every single person that donates over $10 gets a handmade version of the album. 
which we're only, you know, they're going to be very limited. We're making them out of recycled uh, cereal boxes. They're hand-painted, hand-screen-printed by the band. Um, wow. You know, it's, there's a lot of love, a lot of time, a lot of sweat, you know, that's going into it. But that's that's what, you know, we're willing to, that's, that's what, what we're putting into the, you know, into the into the pile. That's what we have to give. We have music and we have, you know, the dedication to really make it worth people's while. Um and yeah. uh and it's and it's pretty special. So yeah, we're in the midst, you know, I think we're a week into a sixty day campaign. Um and we're already, you know, again miraculously, our fans are so incredible. We're already need, you know, nearly three quarters of the way to our goal. Um and uh, we've got another, you know, another, like, month and a half to do the rest of it. And, you know, I, every single dollar that we raise, even dollars that exceed our goal, is going to, you know, get this album into the hands of people that want to hear it. So, um, so gosh, have I been talking for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's awesome. And I, I resonate with what you're saying about how people want to be involved. We had a guy who was on two weeks ago. He's a cabaret host, Jim Caruso, in New York, and he – was saying how um, he's all about celebrating talent. And I think that that's what these, you know, your fans want to do is celebrate your talent. And, and I think yeah. that you launched a great way to uh, get them involved. And people can go to thespringstandards.com and click the Kickstarter link there, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's on our Facebook, too, and, you know, Twitter and everything. Is it Twitter or Twatter? Oh, I thought it was Tweebler. Tweebler? Tweebler? <laughs> Tweebler Tweebler Elves. We're on we're on Tweebler. The Tweebler Elves. Yes. Oh my God. Just a few more questions. You are uh you have a song out called Queen of the Lot. What lot are you queen of? Is it the same one that I'm uh would be considered queen of? (laughs) Um I don't know. I don't know. I will say that I was shocked to discover that Noah Wiley stars in a film of the same title. For what that's really. Yeah, that is not that a good shocking? sign. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. It's damning. It's like the kiss of whatever that kiss is that means you're, that things are bad. Um, kiss of death. But, uh, the kiss of, oh, right, right, right. The kiss of death. It's the kiss of death. Um, right, I'm, well, you know, I am not, you know, if, 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 if you really want to get into lyrical analysis right now, buddy, I'll tell you a thing or two. Uh, the character of, in, in that song is the Queen of Law is not, in fact, me. Um, so the things that I'm queen of uh, are a different topic, which we can certainly get into later. But the things that this character thinks that she's queen of are namely everything and everyone, and she's not a nice person. So she's like this Marie Antoinette type thing. Um, and, uh, uh-huh. you know, the French, and I'm the French um French proletariat. I don't know. I'm, now I'm getting. I'm, I'm mixed. I'm getting lost in my own metaphor here. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, we do have a song that's called that. <laughs> and, and what lot are you queen of? What lot am I queen of? Well, um, I'm queen of big lots. Um, of course. <laughs> uh, there are a few parking lots lot. that I'm that I'm queen of. Uh, you can find the Sheraton Hotel. I'm queen of the Sheraton Hotel. That's right. Jim Smith bought me a Sheraton Hotel um, that's actually in, in Connecticut that we, we passed. So queen of that. Um, Fancy. I'm queen of, uh, you know what I'm queen of? Is I'm queen of those kittens that were born in your 
house our senior year because I'm the only one that has one that's still alive, to my knowledge. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my so God. Queen, Which one? Queen, uh, her name's Ty, and she's oh, okay. insane. She's, those cats, those poor cats. I mean, we don't have to go there, but, oh, those poor little kittens. Anyway. She definitely has some brain. She definitely has some issues, but she's kicking, man, and she is strong like an ox. <laughs> so I'm, I'm queen okay. of that. Um, I'm queen of. Uh-huh. And I'm queen of spaghettios. Lastly, I'm queen of spaghettios. Spaghettios, sure. Yeah. Now, Heather, I like your song uh, "Bells and Whistles" a whole lot, but I was very upset and felt cheated when I heard neither a bell nor a whistle in the um, song. Why oh, this God. false advertising? Um, wow, I'm really sorry. You're, you're, you're really calling us out here, um, and I, I, I do apologize. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that in the production, uh, in the pre-production stages, it was very much mm-hmm. on the table to have the whole thing performed by tubular bells and uh, dog whistles, those, like, really, really high ones that only dogs can hear, because we just enjoyed the image of, you know, a family singing at home, casually, calmly listening to this tubular bells salad while all of their dogs ran around like crazy, just going absolutely apeshit. Um, and, and we enjoyed that. We, we liked that, you know, that felt interactive. It felt, you know, it felt interesting to us. But ultimately our producer said, you know what, guys, wait a minute. We're in Brooklyn. Let's go for an irony thing because that's what everybody's all about these days. Right. Let's have neither a bell nor a whistle. And we agreed that that was, yeah, that was pretty cool, man. Okay, yeah, whatever. And then, so we did that. That makes perfect sense out of it, actually. You're a Brooklyn band. You. you did the irony thing. Heard yeah. you. Um, yeah. So, Heather, love the music. When will you be in the VMAs? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, well, uh, you know, I think that, we're, we're negotiating. They tried to have us this past year, but, you know, the, the offer was really low. It was embarrassing. So, you know, we're, we're negotiating for next year. You know, our people are talking about people and everything. Um, you know, in the meantime, actually, we do, we do have – we have this Luck of the Draw show on Wednesday, but we actually are playing a CMJ showcase as well next week on Tuesday the 18th. We're playing again at Rockwood, again it's free. Um, and that's part of the CMJ Music Festival, which is happening next week, as, you know, everyone knows. Um, our city is going to be overrun by, uh, you know, dirty, uh, dirty musicians, not just from Brooklyn, but from all over the country. Um, so if people <laughs> want to see it, in the meantime, you know, we'll be on the VMAs. You can, you know, you can, uh, uh, what's that thing where people, like, record things on their, on their uh, TV? CBR, you can you can Kivo us on VMAs, and in the meantime, you can see us uh, either playing Bonnie Ray songs or playing our own music next Tuesday at eight o'clock. Awesome! And um, uh, now you're in Connecticut right now. What what other uh, cities are you about to play? Um, we are actually heading back to the city right now. This was the last this was the last show we had up in up outside Boston. Um, okay. And now, well, I mean, again, well. When I say we're off, I mean we have a show in Annapolis on Thursday, um, and then we're going to Canada next week and Omaha this week. I mean we're 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 not really. I mean off is sort of a relative term. We're not. Yeah, you're not off at all. non-stop touring right now, um, but uh, but we're not doing a big tour right now. It's just it's just shows here and there. Uh, we'll be in Annapolis on Thursday, um, and then we are going up to Nova Scotia for the Halifax Pop Explosion uh, next week. 
I will be up there and then, you know, just stop, man. Just stop all the time. Wow. You are all over the place, but you're doing what you love and that's fucking awesome. I am. And so are you. This show is awesome, man. I really am really touched that you have me on. Oh, absolutely. Um, we have, uh, I got one more question for you after the jump, but first we're going to play a game that we always play on the show. It's called Hot or Hot Mess, where I give you, Heather Rob, a list of things, and you tell me if they're hot or a hot mess. Are you ready? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. Okay, guys, I'm ready. Let's open it up. Oh, the mess, I'm against you. Oh, love the mess, love the mess, love the mess. Please, love the mess, love the mess, love the mess. All right. First up. On Hot or Hot Mess, for you, Heather Robb, with the Spring Standard. Justin Bieber, Hot or Hot Mess? Oh, I mean, Hot Mess, or like soon to be Hot Mess. That boy is just going to have just, there's gonna there's tragedy in the future. Just like so many other young people that are put in such a crazy spotlight way too soon. I mean, he's, yeah, Hot Mess. Hot Mess. Fair enough. How about... Jason's best friend, uh, as he pointed out in the panel, Kanye West, hot or hot mess? Oh, gosh. You know, I have to say hot. I mean, he is also a hot mess, but, uh, I mean, he's legit. He's legit, man. He's hot. He's legit. Liza Minnelli, hot or hot mess? Oh, okay. Um, Well, I mean, the first thing I think of is Arrested Development, so totally hot. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Awesome. Um, how about uh, this next part of Hot or Hot Mess? I'm going to play you a series of, of, of clips from our show. You tell me if they're hot or a hot mess. First up, this is rap pioneer Biz Marquis beatboxing on Blaze and Rock. Hot wow. or hot mess? I think, I think that was hot. Okay. I think that was you really that pretty was cool. Cool. Um, next up on Hot or Hot Mess, this is from uh, the uh, show, the uh, Broadway sessions that you had just done. Uh, the host of that, Ben Cameron, his description of what went down one night when he attended a Neil Diamond concert. Is this hot or a hot mess? He did three encores of Sweet Caroline. Oh, God. I was unreal. I was, <laughs> he did I three, see, I, three, three, what? three encores of the same uh, song? Uh, oh, yeah, in a row, because people can't get enough. And then you've got a stadium full of people all screaming, so good, so good, so good. Hot. Wow. Well, I mean, the story is, that is shocking. And you know what it makes me think of is this amazing John Mulaney stand-up where he talks about how he and his friends, when they were like 12 years old, were in a diner and decided to play What's Up, Pussycat, like, like, some absurd number of times, like 24 times in a row, <laughs> and, like on the jukebox, and like the social, like the social science of watching these people in this diner respond to like this as it unfolded. <laughs> That's what that makes me think of, and it also makes me think of Hot Mess in the best. I mean, Ben Cameron in the best way, Neil Diamond in a get your get your shit together, bro way. Do you think that? Um, can I count on you guys at one of these next two shows in New York to, to do the, just the same song over and over again for your encore? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of our – why I, the reason I say that that's a hot mess of Neil Diamond is because he stole that from us. I'm like, get your own <laughs> thing, man. Get your own shit, we'll, bro. Yeah, but 
will you be doing Sweet Caroline three times? Well, you're going to have to come to the show and find out, man. I'm not going to, like, I give it away. I already told you about Top Bill Bottom. Come on. <laughs> and uh, last clip on Hot or Hot Mess. This is from Broadway's A Christmas Carol, Jonathan DeMar's Rip Torn Impression. And after that, he sort of says, he says, somebody owes me a martini. And the whole <laughs> table cracks up. He's like, somebody owes me a martini. Hot or Hot right. Mess? Well, I mean... You know, it's hard. This is hard. It's hard to distinguish the individual from the story in these cases. Um, I would say that that's a pretty hot, rip-torn impression. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with hot. I'm going to go with hot. I'm going to go with hot on that one. Okay, we're going to go with hot. Good. And last up on Hot or Hot Mess, Darcy Fowler, hot or hot mess? Oh, my God, the hottest hot mess. She's the hottest hot mess, the messiest hot person. She's a messy of hot. The hot, hot mess. Yeah. The messy of hot ones. Yep. Closing up hot or hot mess. Um, okay, Heather. Uh, you guys got to go to South by Southwest. You got to perform on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. How amazing were those two experiences? Oh, gosh. Really amazing. I was actually just talking about Conan uh, because anyway, it doesn't matter why, but I, and recalling that in Things okay. like that, it's so impossible to even take them in as they're happening. Like, you you, you do it, and in the blink of an eye, it's over. you're getting ready, and then all of a sudden you blink your eyes and it's over, and you don't even get to take it in as it's, as it's going on. Um, and it's just it's so humbling. It's so incredible, you know. To, 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 he's such a hero of all of ours, actually, like in so many ways. Um, so that was amazing. South by Southwest is like the gift that keeps giving. We just like, you know, this this past year was actually our second year going, and it was even better than the first. It's such a great, uh, you know, it, I mean, it's it's different. You go with different expectations. It's become a different festival than what it once was. Not that we know. I mean, obviously last year was our first year, but, uh, you know, you hear people talk about it used to be this, it used to be this. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And, I, and, and in a lot of ways I'm sure that maybe was better, you know, depending on what you're, you know, what, what you're basing that on. But the fact of the matter is just thousands of people in trying to do the same or similar or just, you know, having, you know, this, this shared love and this shared, like, passion for music, descending on this incredible city and being there for, for you know, a week is, like, just an unbelievable thing to be a part of. Um, so it's, it's awesome. We can't wait to go again. Uh, and, uh, you know, every time we go, we have more friends there. So it's, it's, it's also a cool reunion style thing. Um, so they're yeah. great. You just try to, you know, we just try our best to like soak it in while it's happening, but it's hard. That's so cool. <laughs> now, when you, you were ta- describing, uh, appearing on late night with Conan O'Brien before you said, I, I could go into how I feel about Conan, but I won't or something like, am I detecting a crush? What's going on here? Oh my gosh. No, but do you want to, okay, here's a secret, speaking of crushes okay. and Conan, the night that we were on, or the day that we shot Conan, the guest, one of the guests was Bob Costas, who I have had a weird crush on <laughs> since the 96 Olympics. <laughs> oh, my God. And so that is not a lie. Well, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that he was so short until 
we met him backstage, and I was like, oh, my God, it's Las Casas. Oh, my God, I'm going to meet him. Or just beforehand, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to meet him. I'm going to meet him. And then I was like, he is four feet tall. <laughs> and that, I have to say, was a pretty big buzzkill. It's my only deal breaker. Height is the only deal breaker for me. Um, and it was just, it was, I couldn't, and so, you know, I laid that one to rest. But I'll always love him, and I'll always have his, like, milk. He did a Got Milk campaign that I had on my wall for, like, my whole childhood. Oh my I'll always God. have that in my heart. I really loved him. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> why, me, of 96? Why? I can't explain well, if, it. Anyway. If height is your only deal breaker, then, so you're saying that, like, a, you, you would date a serial killer and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, if he's tall enough. <laughs> sure. I mean, come on. Okay, well, while we're on this, the, uh, millions of people uh, got to see you, noticed that you guys are, are a very unique band, uh, have a different sound than a lot of what's out there, and on Conan, uh, uh, millions of people around the country who hadn't seen you live noticed that you provide your own percussion, the three of you, rather than using a drummer. Is that difficult? Um, yeah, it, it actually really is. Um, it, uh, you know, it, it's been an evolution for us. So it's not like one day we just decided, Hey, this is going to happen. And it's all going to happen at once. It was like, you know, <laughs> adding pieces over time. Um, so in some ways, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's easier to just not focus on the fact that it's happening when you're doing it, because the minute you start to think about, wait a minute, I'm playing piano with my right hand and drums with my left hand and singing, wait a minute. If you then you you lost it, then it's gone, and you can't do anything. And that has happened to me many times. That's usually when I hit the side of the drum with my finger and bleed all over my keyboard, um, which doesn't happen now as much as it used to. But like our first year of touring, I, like all of my gear was covered with, with blood. Uh, oh my god! So that doesn't happen as much as it used to, but it is hard. Yeah, totally. I mean, we we uh, we don't really know what we're doing. We're sort of invent we've just sort of invented this musical language for us and uh this playground so to speak of noise and we just live in it and it's fun. But it is it is hard. And actually we're um you know, we're we're when it comes to this new material, a lot of it was written in the studio, which we've never done mm-hmm. before. We've always, you know, toured songs for a while before even attempting to record them. So it's gonna be interesting kinda of going backwards and trying to say, Okay, how do we play this song doing what we do? Um, yeah. So you know, and we'll see. It's it's all you know. It's all just stretching yourself and seeing you know what you're capable of. Why did you guys choose to do that rather than hire the drummer? Um, I think it's a little bit of you know, kind of what I was saying before about how it, it evolved. You know, it and it and it uh-huh. wasn't because it wasn't a decision. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't the answer to the question of do we need a drummer or don't we? It, it almost that right. question almost was never asked funnily enough, like as logical as it sounds, like as much as that is a moment that like 99.9 repeating percent of bands come to, like who should we get to play drums, uh, mm-hmm. that was never even really discussed. Uh, it was just like, well, you know, and I mean, there, there, uh, we've seen other bands do, part, you know, semblances or similar things. So it's not like, you know, it, it wasn't like uh, pulling it completely out of left field. You know, the first few elements, you know, we were like, oh, okay, we could do this like that other band does, or we could do this like, you know, and uh, 
And then we just kind of kept going. And then one day I said, you know, I if we have a bass player, I'm really not using my, my left hand really can be used for something else instead of playing bass notes yeah. some of the time. So what if we put a snare drum right there? And uh, you know, it was it was just kind of that. It 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 it, it was it was never it wasn't really actually an active decision to not hire a drummer. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, and and sometimes you know we we wonder what what the world would look like if that were the case. And and we're you know I mean we're three and a half years almost four years into touring and and have been doing it this way. And it's hard work. It's a lot of gear. It's a ton of like you know extra leg work for soundmen and stuff like that. And we certainly are always thinking of ourselves as an evolving creature. There could be a time where we tour with a drummer. There could be a time where we don't have any drums at all. There could be, you know, it's, it's, you never really know, you know, what's, what's, what's going to happen in the future. So um, we're, we're open to everything. But it definitely is a very defining, you know, it's a very defining part of our life setup, something that people really love and respond to and we enjoy. So kind of an everyone's situation, except when I'm bleeding. And then I yeah, well, it's incredibly impressive. And uh, uh, hey, 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 Heather. Yeah. I think you're really cool. Oh my gosh, you do. Oh my god, I do. Ryan, thanks. Oh, I think you're yay. so cool. Heather, Rob, thank you so much for sticking around. Heather, Rob oh. of the Spring Standards, uh, I love you. I love you. I really would love to see you. Come to one of these shows and come and. Drink some whiskey with me. Some I Irish will whiskey. be there. Some Scottish whiskey <laughs> there, Faria, darling. I don't know. That was a really, that was a terrible accent. Anyway, okay. <laughs> I love you. Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye. You know what that accent sounded like? That sounded like it was from Ireland, Jamaica, or some unknown realm. Oh, gosh. Now, there's a whole other backstory that we don't have time to get into. <laughs> All right, Heather Rob. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. You rock. Okay. You rock too. Bye. Hello. Bye. Break a leg at your shows. All right. That was Heather Rob of the Spring Standards. As I promised, big news to announce tonight. The news that people have been waiting for returning to the program this upcoming Monday um, at, what is the date? Next Monday, I believe it is the 17th. Yep. Returning to the program, Monday the 17th. He has a movie coming out in New York City tomorrow. No, 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 not tomorrow. This Friday called Occupants. And um, he is about to appear on an episode of Psych. And he also has another project that he has not yet revealed that he will exclusively reveal on our show, Blazing Rye Radio. That's right three-time Emmy nominee from As the World Turns, Van Hansis. So excited to welcome him, ha- him back. Had such a blast with him last year. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Be sure to follow Spring Standards on Twitter. Uh, thank you to Ben Cameron. Thank you to the Occupy Occupy Wall Street guys, even though they maybe not are demonstrating what we usually try to uh, incorporate on our show. And... Um, you know, I can think of no better way of ending the show than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. And lastly, somebody owes me a martini. <laughs>